Welcome to the Sporting Ones podcast series with Rowan Haydos, episode 13. Back with you for an English Premier League uh, episode with a bit of our um, fantasy Premier League advice thrown in for good measure. Uh, how are you feeling about this one, Haydos? Uh, not great. Tottenham are very average at the moment. Oh, yeah, I did forget that was a bit of a sore point with uh, my boys giving you an absolute toweling. Even though it was only 2-1, I felt like it should have been 4-0 the way you guys played. Uh, Harry Kane in some strife at the moment, I think. Not sure whether he's 100% fit. Um, just seems to be struggling for form. He just won't take a break. It's, it's pretty simple, Harry. Rest and then... You'll find your best form. Well, you got a chance for that. Next week, you got the League Cup. I'd be resting him and wrapping him up in cotton wool, bubble wrap, whatever you can find, and stop him from playing. So a quick recap of... Yeah, yeah, straight jacket, exactly. A quick recap of last round, and we just touched on that. Uh, Liverpool played Tottenham in the early game on the Saturday evening, and Liverpool came out trumps. 2-1 in what ended up being a nervy ending and possibly ending in a bit of controversy with uh, Mane just clipping uh, Sunny Boy, Hung Min Sun, inside the box and uh, probably lucky to get away with it. Uh, but uh, Liverpool fully deserved the points in that one and go to a five wins and no losses start for the first time since 1991 which was the last time, well, very close to the last time they won the title. How are you feeling about it? And I know that you're just about to head over there to see them in the flesh. You've got to be absolutely beside yourself. Yeah, I am getting a little bit excited, I must say. Um, look, I haven't seen a start uh, like this probably in my whole time of following them. Uh, confidence is high. The squad's in good nick. Um Champions League win over probably one of the most vaunted attacks in the world uh, worth an, an astonishing amount of money with Neymar, Mbappe and Cavani for PSG and winning that game at the death through Firmino and his one-eyed antics. Um, yeah, look, first time since 1964-65 uh, that Liverpool won the first six games of the season. So are definitely they, not in my lifetime. Are they more mentally strong than what they've been in previous seasons. I think they are. I think they're fully prepared. I think Klopp's got them ticking over, and I think they know what they're in for this season. Yep, it's fair to say they're definitely on a roll, and uh, for your sake, I hope it continues. Yeah, it, look, it was a good uh, good weekend for Chelsea as well. They were um, they beat Carter 4-1 in the end, more comfortable than what it probably seemed at first because they did go down to a uh, shock deficit with Cardiff leading at Stamford Bridge, which is where I'll be heading in a couple of weeks, as Hayden alluded to. Um, so they came back from adversity, but Eden Hazard was just simply spectacular once again. Yeah, and uh, I think there was a little bit of unknown around the new manager, Sari, when he came in. Um, they play a lot more attacking now, and as you said, they've really passed the torch to Hazard, who really looks determined to join the elites of Messi... Ronaldo, that sort of ilk, and just have a really strong season where he is one of the main focuses. Oh, I think he's enjoying the change of manager and the shift in focus from more of a defensive style of play under Conte to a quite free-flowing uh, attacking style under Sarri. So it, um, it's proved good for Chelsea because they ended up going through that 4-1 win, top of the table on a goal difference from Liverpool, and um, it... It uh, looks like it could be a two-horse race. And it's to couple that with Man City, is attacking football the best way to win the title? 
I think in this era now, right now, in terms of the last couple of years, yes, it is. So in other wins, uh, Man United um, continued their comeback in form with a uh, solid win over Watford at uh, at uh, Watford's home stadium. Previously unbeaten. Previously unbeaten as well. So that was a very good win for Man United. Lukaku starting to uh, Melu Lukaku starting to find uh, some form with a few goals. Uh, West Ham finally. Uh, as you um, predicted to me in a sneaky text before the game, uh, West Ham would get up in this one, and they did quite comfortably, 3-1. And if I was Jordan Pickford, I would refrain from commenting on goalkeeper mistakes because it comes back to bite you in the arse, son. It is a great level of sport, as we know, and FYI, if you have any tips like that, Feel free to pass them on to me. Uh, now, owe me one. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably I do. I don't know what it was, but I just had a feeling about yeah, West Ham. Yeah, you had a feeling in your waters. They had to use those tra- uh, trades that they had and have some sort of harmony, and I think that's maybe a sign of things to come for them. Yeah, I do apologise. I had a gut feel as well on the Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL, and I didn't pass that on, so yeah, I, I do apologise. Um, so West Ham had a good victory, so they're off the bottom of the ladder. Man City continued their winning ways with a solid 3-0 victory over Fulham. Uh, Wolverhampton, really looking like the surprise packet of this season. Uh, up in the top 10 now, I don't see them moving out of that top 10. The way they play, uh, it's exciting to watch, and... They're really starting to come together as a side. Yeah, and maybe they're the Burnley of the last couple of years. Really strong at home. They probably have a little bit more attacking threat, as you said. Um, and outside of the, the big six, top six that are always there, they're definitely one to watch. Speaking of Burnley, they were on the receiving end of that loss to Wolves. And that has put them dead last. And as we alluded to, and as I alluded to in our season preview... If you don't strengthen in this league, and if you've got other commitments like the Europa League at the start of the season, it can hurt you. And they're not looking like scoring a point. They are looking aside bereft of confidence. They're looking... They don't know where their next points are coming from. They don't know where their goals are coming from. I think um, Wood hasn't really had the season that he'd like so far. I think uh, they did start Ashley Barnes, which I think is a good move. He just has a knack of scoring goals. Um, but, I, you know, it links somewhere from the midfield up forward and it's just not happening for him. Yeah, another side that had a loss was Leicester, who lost to a flying Bournemouth. Bournemouth are absolutely up there at the moment. They're in good form. They've got good fixtures and they could also finish in the top 10. They're looking quite good. Leicester, on the other hand... Looking decidedly shaky, Cardiff, Newcastle, Huddersfield, as we alluded to, another loss. Uh, narrow loss to Crystal Palace and probably a bit unlucky. Uh, Fulham and uh, obviously we alluded to uh, Tottenham uh, losing before, but we won't say too much more on that. And uh, in the Champions League, we just had the Champions League midweek. Uh, Barcelona had a good win over PSV. Uh, Liverpool beat uh, PSG, Paris Saint-Germain. Inter beat Spurs, but we won't go there because that was a, another last-minute horrible loss to Spurs. You just said we weren't going to go there again. Yeah, I know, but I couldn't resist. Uh, Dortmund uh, beat Club Bruges late on. Galatasaray did the business at home. Atletico Madrid beat Monaco. Leon, the performance of the week, upsetting Man City 
2-1 on Man City's home turf. That was a huge result, a huge shock to a lot of people, I'm sure. But it does highlight, as we flagged earlier, they're just a tad vulnerable without De Bruyne. He's such a huge influence for them. He just unlocks the key to a few defences, and without him, that 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 door stays locked. And we've seen it against Wolves, and now we've seen it against Leon. They are they just don't have that same element. Just that real top-level creativity to unlock it. Uh, Real Madrid were comfortable winners over Roma. Juventus, despite losing Cristiano Ronaldo, still won 2-0 and didn't look like losing. Uh, Bayern, easy winners over Benfica, also 2-0. Man United with Paul Pogba running absolutely riot. Two goals and an assist. Uh, easy winners over Young Boys, uh, and I think that pretty much, and Ajax uh, easily uh, second half uh, winners over Ajax Athens. Uh, getting back to Man City though, without De Bruyne, and I know he's missing for these couple of months, does that really derail their title and Champions League's hopes for this season? Absolutely. Um, you know, they're already behind the eight ball now with Liverpool, and uh, against these top clubs where you'd say they're a 70-30 chance. Without De Bruyne, it's probably a 50-50. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, look, they're only a couple of points off at the top, but it's really not going to be... It's going to be in games where... And look, we'll see it this week. Cardiff are going to put 10 behind the ball, and we'll, we'll allude to that fixture. But that's going to make it decidedly difficult for them to unlock the key. Uh, and Neil Warnock knows no other way to play against the top side like Man City. So they're going to have to be wary of it, and they're going to have to come prepared. Yep, um, but it's obviously it's Man City. They still have a raft of talent on and off the bench. Um, Aguero, you know, he can just explode at any given time. So it's not a loss for them, certainly. But um, they'd be hoping De Bruyne makes a quicker than expected recovery. I think. Interest, interest, interestingly enough, if only I could say that word. Uh, Nabil Fakir was the player that scored the winner for Lyon. And he is also the player that was heavily linked with Liverpool and had a failed medical, was all set to sign for £53 million, and it fell through. Do you think there was just a little bit of a point down the M32 to Liverpool? Could have been. And uh, if they want to revisit that trade, maybe they might have to pay a little bit more. Uh, well, that's what the uh, Leon president was alluding to before the end of the transfer window. So just a, uh, so we'll look at uh, the ladder for the Premier League before we look at the fixtures. So the ladder as it stands, as we said, Chelsea on goal difference from Liverpool, both with five wins apiece, no losses, no draws. Man City two points behind that. Uh, rounding out the top form, Watford. And then just outside that, uh, you start to see how it's starting to form. So Bournemouth in fifth, Tottenham sixth, Arsenal seventh, Man United eighth, Wolves ninth, and probably clinging on to the top ten just are Everton. Leicester in 11th, Palace 12th, Southampton 13th, Brighton 14th, Fulham 15th, West Ham off the bottom up to 16th, Cardiff 17th. And then these are the sides that are going to be starting to not panic, but they're going to need to be getting points. And all three of them look, unfortunately, look good for relegation status. It's Huddersfield in 18th, Newcastle in 19th, and Burnley a dead bottom in 20th. Yep, it's really taken shape, as you said. And um, 
Interestingly, Man United eighth. God, you wouldn't see that too often. But they are starting to rise up. They've won the last two. They've got Wolves at Old Trafford this week, which will be a huge game, which we'll allude to. If they can win that, get three on the bounce, all of a sudden they're around that top four mark again. And Mourinho lives to fight another year. Yeah, I'm not too displeased with that. But anyway, so to this week's fixtures, it's going to be a uh, another big weekend in the Premier League. Early Saturday fixture. It's really a uh, clash of... Uh, Interesting proportions. A London battle. It's Fulham at home at Craven Cottage to Watford. Both sides playing attacking football. This could be a uh, goal fest. And they're at almost polar opposite ends on the ladder. But I think this is going to be a lot quicker than... uh, Sorry, a lot closer than what that would suggest. Um, Fulham have Mitrovic up top who can score on any... Schurler in good form too. Having a lot of shots... Um, yeah, they've got all the attacking threat they need. It's just probably tightening up the defence. Um, and Watford, they're flying 4-1. Um, not many people would have picked that. But they've also got enough attacking threat to make anyone rest. Uh, not rest easy, you're right. Fine. Troy Deeney is in probably career-best form. And I have to say, he's looking quite trim as well. So probably career-best shape, um, which probably helps his career-best he form. doesn't fit the mould for me, but... Oh, he's an absolute bullock. You would not, at, at Watford, as a defender, you would not want to face him. Um, Andre Gray seems to be the preferred option with him as well. You've got Pereira behind that. Hughes, Capoue, Decore. So their midfield's actually quite decent. The problem for mine with Watford sustaining it this season is their squad depth, and I'm not sure they've got too much behind that. But they probably don't have to worry too much with the uh, extra competitions at the Man Cities and all that with Champions League, Europa, etc. So yeah, you're right. They don't have that squad rotation, which was which is how Leicester won the most unlikely of Premier Leagues a couple of seasons ago. They relied heavily on their first eleven with a couple of subs here and there, and managed to keep them fit for the whole season and pull off the absolute impossible. So that'll take us to a game of different proportions with one at flying at one end of the ladder and the other dead last. Burnley at home to Bournemouth. Can they turn it around? Could this be the resurgence of the stingy Burnley defence? I don't think so. No, I don't know. The Bournemouth are in too much a good form. They've got forwards in form in King and Wilson. They've got Defoe lurking on the bench. They've got Fraser... Uh, in midfield, pulling Mighty the strings. Mouse. Mighty Mouse. Um, they've got goalkeeper in good form. The defence is fairly settled. I'm liking Bournemouth for a um, for almost a two-goal victory here. Yep, i got to stick with Bournemouth. And as we said, Burnley, they're just in no man's land at the moment. And uh, they're going to need to turn around quickly, but I can't see it happening here. Yeah, so we'll move along to Cardiff and Man City. Uh, as we alluded to, this is a game which could cause City trouble. Now, either they're going to come away with a 3-0, 4-0 victory, or they're going to struggle to score a goal. And it's just a matter of Man City have to score early, which is what they did against Fulham. Yep. Um, I can see it happening, though. I think Cardiff, uh, I know that you said they like to put a lot of men behind the ball. They're going to need to do that and a bit more to uh, keep Man City at bay. And... Um, yeah, I just see Man City just being too strong here and uh, maybe Aguero having a, a couple goals and a little bit of say in the result. But it could be 
the the fact that Cardiff have that home ground advantage in this one, we know what those grounds can do. Like we saw it at Wolves with Man City. Man City were away then. If this was at the Etihad, I'd back Man City in every day of the week. But just being away from home, different crowd, bit hostile, Etheridge in good form, in goals. Oh, it's almost got a banana skin type of feel to it. Not for me. This is uh, cities to the cities to lose. All right, we'll beg to disagree there, and I've probably got a little bit of bias in that. Wanting uh, wouldn't mind seeing Man City just 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 lose a couple. So this one's also an interesting one. It's Crystal Palace versus Newcastle. Now the deciding factor in Crystal Palace's last win, as we know, as it always is, is Wilfred Zaha. If he plays, they the more than chance to win. If he doesn't play, don't put your money on Crystal Palace. Yeah, he uh, is that attacking flair up front. He can take on one, two, three, four defenders even. He's uh, one of those players that attacks people, and you do that in the Premier League, and if you're good at it, then, um, yeah, you can you can score on any, any pitch on any day. He does draw a lot of fouls, and he did say that he's quite sick of it uh, being hacked down, and uh, what's it going to take for them to notice it? For them to, for the referees to notice that, with uh, perhaps he was indicating that it would take a broken leg. I hope not. He is a fantastic player. He does probably go down a bit easy for my liking, but I can understand it. He gets hacked a lot. Um, Benitez, he's really frustrated um, at Newcastle. He is a he's a managerial genius, but he can't work miracles. The side hasn't been strengthened that much. They're struggling to score goals. Their confidence is low. I'm really not liking Newcastle to stay up despite Rafa being there. And if that's if, if it keeps going the way it's going, then Rafa will either probably go himself the way he's feeling towards uh, owner Mike Ashley or uh, he'll get pushed out the door and they'll try and bring in a manager like uh, Sam Allardyce to just basically knuckle down put as much defence as possible and try and get the 1-0 wins. Allardyce, again, please no. But um, that's for fantasy reasons, of course. I know he's a much-loved figure in England. Um, Although, having said that, Allardyce has been at Newcastle before, so I'm not sure that Mike Ashley would go back to that well again. Yep. Uh, I think Crystal Palace will win this. As yeah, Crystal Palace at home for mine. So Leicester versus Huddersfield is the next one from the King Power Stadium. And uh, I like Leicester with Jamie Vardy back and at their home stadium, which we know is quite a uh, quite a good stadium, and they do get a lot of support there now since their since their title win. I like them there to probably win by a couple of goals. Huddersfield just they've got the look of rele- relegation fodder already, and I, and I don't like it. Yeah, uh, I think this is a good chance for Leicester to really springboard their season and um, keep them safe from relegation for one and, you know, an outside chance of top six. They do have a really good run of fixtures from here on. And as you said, Huddersfield, they're struggling. Um, Leicester, they should win this one. Yeah, next one brings us to uh, a side very close to my heart. It's Liverpool in second versus Southampton. Now, this is an interesting one because... I. Liverpool will look to rest a couple of players given the League Cup in midweek and then Chelsea, uh, the game that I'm going to the week after, and then Man City as well as Napoli squeezed in between that. It's a heavy schedule. So for mine, I think Liverpool will rotate a couple of players, but they have got the likes now of Shakiri on the bench, uh, of Sturridge on the bench, of Fabinho ready to come in at any time. So there's quality there that they can rotate. 
So it's I think despite the fact they will rotate, I think they will get the win. Yeah, um, it's been much talked about, their heavy schedule that they've got at the moment. They've got a really tough month. Um, uh, but having said that, they do have that depth, as you said. Um, they'll probably still look to give their Salas and Manes 60 to 70 minutes, get ahead, take them off, put them in Cotton Wall, and, um, yeah, they should win this one. Yeah, the interesting side note to this is uh, probably Southampton's uh, informed striker at the moment who moved away from Liverpool to get regular time in Danny Ings is ineligible to play in this one. So that takes a bit of strike power away from Southampton um, when they probably need it the most. So I'm predicting probably a two to three goal win in this one, which then takes us to the pick of the Saturday fixtures for mine. And this is Man United versus Wolves at Old Trafford. And if you had told me this would be the pick of a pick of a game in any given week, I probably would have probably sent you to uh, got that straight jacket out, which we were getting for uh, for Old Hazard. Yeah, well, uh, nothing more needs to be said, really. Wolves have been fantastic this season. Um, they have that uh, team which is half-filled with Portugal. Um, and, yeah, they've, they've got a good defence behind them. They're really uh, starting to hit their straps now. And uh, Man United, they, they took on Man City, so they can do it against Man United. Yeah, look, I it's the way they play Wolves. It's it's not the fact that they defend or put men behind the ball and then they counter-attack and get goals. They actually attack you. And that's a breath of fresh air for a uh, promoted club to come out and attack. Mind you, so do Fulham, but they haven't had as much success with it as yet. Wolves, though, they've got the players to do it. They won't they won't go to Old Trafford and lie down. They'll go there to get goals. It's just a matter of if they can get them and if... Mourinho will allow them to get them more to the point. I can see a draw in this one. Um, yeah, there's definitely going to be value at the draw, that's for sure. But as is, uh, we talked about earlier, Man U have sort of turned it around ever since that loss to Spurs. I think one team from that game went up and one went down, unfortunately. Mm. But, um, yeah, I think just for the fact that it's at Man U's home, I think that they will win. But um, it's going to be interesting and uh, probably the match of the round. And luckily enough, it's on SBS, the free game. Ah, there you go. Awesome. Now, speaking of the other team that went down, your Spurs. So they've got a very tricky away fixture to Brighton as the late game on the Saturday. Yeah, and Brighton in okay form, good goal-scoring form, and Tottenham not in great defensive form. So uh, this is probably another danger game away from home, if you want to call it that, at uh, Wembley. Uh, But yeah, hopefully this is Tottenham's chance to springboard their season. They do also have a good run of fixtures ahead, um, and it's just going to be whether or not we can get the depth happening with the Champions League and a little bit of a heavy schedule. um, Also for Spurs, yeah, with Inter Milan, and uh, you've already had Inter Milan, and there's uh, Barcelona on the horizon as well, so there's some very good sides. You're really going to hate me this week. I'm going against you again, uh, and it's against your side again. Brighton at home are probably one of the strongest teams. At the Amex Stadium, it's a quite a tight, small stadium. They really get behind their home side, and they're quite intimidating. And we've seen how it, how they've beaten Man United twice there in the last two years. So they know how to beat big sides at the Amex. Glenn Murray is in good form too. Pascal Gross just starting to come on. I 
like in another, unfortunately, Tottenham loss, especially with Michael Vaughan, if he's still in goals, they're shaky. I'm liking Glenn Murray to make a, a mockery of the Spurs defence and, uh, yeah, it could be a one-two goal win for Brighton, I think. Yeah, I don't know about mockery, but uh, Vaughan definitely is a weak link. Um, I'm not really sure on Larissa's status. Uh, I think he might be out for a little bit longer still. Um, Ali is one that we're missing also. He's another... Um, he just brings that X factor and that drive to your midfield that is lacking at the moment. Yeah. It seems like it's almost 2-1 paced your midfield, and that's part of the problem. Although, having said that, I think the best thing that Spurs could do right in this minute, and given that he's had a break since the... hasn't really played too much since the uh, Asian Games, I'd be bringing in uh, our mate Son. Yeah, well, he started in the Champions League, and I reckon that he probably will start again. Um, Mora has also been a breath of fresh air as well for a team that usually relies on Harry Kane and Deli Alley. Um, he's had a really great start to the year, so I hope that continues. I think there'll be goals in this one for both teams. Um, but, of course, I'm going to say Spurs win. Yeah, no, definitely. So that'll take us to the two Sunday games. Both actually really, really good fixtures. Looking forward to them both. Uh, it's a London derby between West Ham and Chelsea, and a week ago I probably wasn't looking forward to it, but now West Ham have got the victory, and Arnie uh, Marco Ornordovic is up and about. I don't mind West Ham's chances in this one, but you'd have to, you'd almost have to back Chelsea, though, surely. Top of the table, but as you said, Arnie... He just has that knack of scoring goals and then getting injured and going off. He's in doubt again, I think, to play this one. Um, so he's oh, look, he's be been in doubt every factor. week this season, but uh, he's played pretty much every week this season. So and I'll score. back him to get up and <laughs> score. I'll back him to get up. It's the one area that Chelsea haven't really been tested in, and it's the one area they could be a bit vulnerable in, and that's their defence. So if West Ham can get at Chelsea... Like Cardiff did early, it'd be interesting to see if Chelsea can cope with that. And maybe uh, Yarmolenko might have a say in it. He scored two uh, last time and two very good goals, and that's the sort of um, confidence that he's going to need in his game to take it to the uh, Premier League. Um, he has the ability, so there's going to be a big watch there. And West Ham, they've got a really passionate crowd, and as you said, it's a London derby. If there's anything we know about London derbies, they're unpredictable like the Manchester derby, like uh, the Merseyside derby. They're unpredictable. It's passion. It's heightened expectations. It's 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 just how the derbies are. And I reckon there could be a score draw in this one. I think uh, Hazard and Chelsea in too good a form. I can't go past them, and I think they'll win. All right. And Arsenal and Everton round out the round at the Emirates Stadium. Now, this one's got a little bit of uh, return of Richarlison after his, uh, well, kind of little head nudge rather than head butt. But he returns for Everton, which will give their attack some bite. And as we know, the one area where Arsenal can be vulnerable, it's a defence. Defence. And... uh... You touched on Richarlison. He's in great form this year. He uh, scored twice. For Brazil, Brazil in the um, international in break, the international yeah. Break, and he uh, looks like really validating that $50 million price tag, which a lot of people scoffed at. So, um, yeah, he's a huge inclusion for them. Um, and Walcott returns to the Emirates against his old time, old side in decent enough form. So one thing's for sure, Marco Silva Silva is not a manager that goes there to defend with 10 men. 
he's going to be attacking them. And with the likes of Walcott, even though better the devil you know, and Richarlison, one thing that Arsenal really don't like is pacing behind them. And that's the one thing that Everton have got. It's a tough game to call. Arsenal are heavily back favourites, but I wouldn't be surprised if Everton either come away with a point or snatch a win. Yeah, and I think uh, Socrates, is it, for Arsenal? Socrates. He might have a uh, tough day with uh, the effort and pace, as you mentioned. And, uh, yeah, I can see Everton causing a boil over here. Yeah, we'll have to look at the odds for that one. And uh, I might uh, give you a sneaky text on Sunday night with that one. All right, we'll have a look uh, now at the uh, Fantasy Premier League. Uh, Just starting to heat up a bit uh, in in amongst the mini leagues and in amongst the leagues themselves. Now's the time strategy-wise. I think you've got to change from what you probably had at the start of the season. A lot of managers started off with getting as much quality and value into their lineups uh, within the 100 mil salary cap. But now you've got the Champions League and Europa League starting to come into play. It means you're going to need bench cover. So you can't have these 4 million duds that aren't going to play. And this is what we see every year. This is where it separates the teams that are serious and not serious. So the men from the boys, basically. The Champions League and Europa throws a huge spanner into the works and uh, really tests um, the managers, uh, fantasy managers, that is, and, uh, and their knowledge and their uh, predictiveness of what coaches are going to do. Now, what manager do we like the least with this? Pep. Yes, Pep. Bloody Pep. So, this last week that just went on, uh, there was two issues with Pep. He took off Aguero after 53 minutes, which meant it reduced his ability to score. And also, your players, if they reach 60 minutes, get an automatic two points. Before that, they only get one. So, if you've got him captain, that's already a loss of two points, which... uh, of course, I did, and I think you did as well. I think a lot of people did. And he did, fortunately, I two assists though. He did, but furiously, uh, a lot of people were banging on the keyboard about Pep and his bloody rotation. And then, of course, there was the interesting mystery, which I don't think we've solved as yet, of Benjamin Mendy. Yeah, and it's. A very, bit like Benjamin Button. We don't. It's just is a mystery. It's a mystery. No one knows what it is. I think it's a knee. Well, that's and what I've read. With that, so um... just hoping it's not a recurrence of the ACL because they're keeping it hush hush at the Emirates. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where Pep says it could be a day, a week, it could be longer, and I mean he doesn't give much away. The longer it goes on, the mystery continues, and the more us fantasy managers get frustrated and start selling, and then it all turns to the crap. It's definitely a wait and see, but um, yeah, hopefully he comes back this week. So yeah, I mean, what we're t- what we're talking about is more in the likes of your Mane's, your Salas, your Robinsons, your Mendy's, your Agueros, um, Hazard's more of your safe option because he has only got the Europa League. Chelsea are likely to play the younger players in that. Perhaps only give him half a game, or if they need to bring him on, they can bring him on. Um, so this brings into play more your Arsenals, your Chelsea's, your Bournemouths, your Leicester's, more spreading the load around those teams, which is what I tried to do with my strategy uh, of enacting the wild card last week, which worked in part, but backfired spectacularly as well. Yeah, and you want to juggle the good players that you don't want to lose value on and have to get them back at an inflated price. Um, so, yeah, it is going to test 
your depth and that's what it's going to come down to in your decision making when it comes to do you want to get rid of these players that carry that rotation risk and I think if you've got two players in your side namely when Harry met Salah Harry Kane and Mo Salah I think you have to bite the bullet yes they could come good that is that is true they could turn their form around at any moment but you could be waiting two weeks three weeks four weeks who knows it's an unknown mystery they might not turn around this year is it a case of Salah just not being able to emulate what he did last year I think I think it's more of a team if you were to take Salah out of Liverpool last year they would struggle yeah but if you were to take him out this year I don't think Liverpool rely on him as much. And I think they've changed the way they've played a little bit to not rely on him as much, which means Mane's getting more of the ball. Firmino's doing what he did last season. But then you've got the likes of Shakiri, Sturridge, we've already seen this morning, scored, uh, sorry, yesterday morning, scored a cracking goal against Your PSG. Man. My man, because I've seen what he can do and I know what he can do. And if he stays fit, he's he's got quality all about him. So it's that strategy. And I fired... Salah last week. It hurt, but I fired him. And it created meant that I could bring in Mane. I could bring in David Silva. I fired Pedro after a week and then brought in Hazard. So now my midfield's firing. But you can get away with a bigger midfield this season because those top-line strikers aren't firing. I fired Aguero this week because Pep annoyed me, and I can see it just continually happening. So I think it's more if you can build your side around mid-price quality forwards, of which there are plenty, Zaha, Anortovic, King, Wilson, Deeney, Ings, Murray, Mitrovic. Shane Long. Shane Long, (laughs) not as much, buddy. I know where you're going with that one, but you pulled the trigger on that. Um, All of those type of guys. Spend the money in defense on your Alonzos, on your Robinsons, on your Mendys, and then have a solid goalkeeper as well. I think that's the way to go this season. Yeah, I think uh, midfields is where the points are, and it is a bit of a trend um, that that's where it's coming from. And as we said before, it's just about keeping the risk of rotation as low as possible and having those players that are going to play the full 90 minutes, have longer to score, have longer to assist, etc. Um, yeah, that's what you've got to be looking at for the next month or so as Champions League heats up and interferes. And look at those bargains, like uh, your Johnnies and your Doldies in defence for, say, Wolves, your Maddensons at 6.5 and your Ryan Frasers at 5.7. Those type of guys, and as we alluded to, those forwards, that they're going to give you um, value in Mitrovic and Saha and Anortovic as your main three. And then have a keeper that can back up the main keeper, just in case... Liverpool, for whatever reason, or Man City, for whatever reason, decide to rest Alisson or Edison at any time, then you've got backup. Like, I put in Hennessy at 4.5. Or you can swap them out, just to give you a bit of um, on-fixture basis. So your strategy is going to be important with the Champions League going forward. Yep. And uh, those teams with uh, good run of fixtures, again, are going to be paramount. Uh, I think teams like... Arsenal have a good go at it. Bournemouth, Bournemouth still do. Remarkably, they've had a great run, then it continues. Fulham um, are going to have a good run soon. Spurs Wolves changes just a little bit, starts to get a little bit better for them. So, yeah, there's a few sides that have got the looks of a quality, of a quality run. Actually, and the one that we should mention too is Man United. United. Yeah. They're, I mean, the, 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 one, the one forward, the one 
big price forward that has got value for money written all over him, even though he's 11 million. We know how he beats up on the sides that are not in the top six. It's Lukaku, and he's starting to prove that. And I'm starting to wonder whether I've gone with the right strategy, but that's the way it is. Pogba as well, given his Champions League exploits, and we know he can score from midfield, he gives you an option. Valencia in defense, De Gea probably starting to look like a likely option, and he's gone down in price. So they, there's options are plenty at Man United now, and you have to look at them based on that. Arsenal's another one. Um, Lacazette up forward. Um, Ozil just starting to come on in the midfield. Uh, Bellerin in defense has dropped in price, so he offers value. So there's options at Arsenal as well. So they're probably the, the two bigger sides which have got the most upside in their fixtures. Yeah, and uh, touching on Arsenal, if I if I were on any of the forwards, it'd definitely be Lacazette. He plays more central. Aubameyang's just a touch wide at the moment. Whether or not that changes um, is a wait and see. But uh, Lacazette starting, I think, is a good option. And I've learned my lesson. Avoid Mkhitaryan at your peril because he prefers Ozil. And the moment that Ozil was back, Mkhitaryan got shoved to the bench, which really did irk me and made me dislike Unai Emery already. So I've got two managers I dislike at the moment. One we always dislike in Pep and now Unai Emery. So good luck with your sides this week. Good luck with your fantasy Premier League and uh, have a great weekend. Good luck.